Lord, we love you. We need your leading right now, Holy Spirit, God. Whatever you have, your will, your way. We thank you for your Spirit's presence in this place. Surely you're amongst us, God. Your Word says you'll never leave us. You'll never forsake us. God, right now we feel your presence being manifested. We sense your Spirit awakening our spiritual ears and eyes, God. God, I need your leading for the rest of the service. Give me every word to say. Not, not one more, not one less, God. But God, we worship You and we thank You that You're the same, God. We give You all the glory, all the praise. If there be one, one in here that needs to be saved today, God, I ask You, save every single sinner that walked in the door today. Every single one of them. Save souls today. Open eyes of the blind. Today, bring prisoners from the darkness. We love You. We'll give You all the glory, all the praise. I ask You, give me unction from heaven. Anoint me now in the power of Your name. Amen. God is good. He is so good. Amen. He's powerful. I want to praise Him for His grace this morning. His grace and His mercy. Your power is perfected in weakness. Power is perfected in weakness. I I want just a bit of a testimony this morning. I never thought I'd be up here preaching doing this. I never thought I'd be up here doing this. I didn't ever think I'd be going to church. I hated church and church people. I never thought I'd be up here preaching. But by the grace of God, you know, when I share my testimony often, I was hard drugs and alcohol for years and years of my life. And I know many people have done that. I want to say this. A lot of people say, well, that was, that was just a phase. I grew out of it too. Can I tell you for me, it was not a phase. It was not a phase. It was not something I went through when I was younger and I was going to grow out of it. When I got saved, I was almost 26. I was 25, almost 26. I'll be 31 in less than two weeks, praise the Lord. God, God sought me out and He changed me. I wasn't gonna, it wasn't a phase I went through. I was gonna continue on. And I understand that people do just have phases. But I wanna say this. I said all that to say this. I give glory to Jesus Christ alone. He saved me and pulled me from the darkness. Power is perfected in weakness. You know, I am one of the least people, probably of this whole audience, that's qualified to be up here preaching in, in man's thinking. I barely got my high school diploma. I have no seminary. You know, power is perfected in weakness. You know, God uses the foolish things of this world to dumbfound the wise. You know, when we called preachers, you know, you think when Jesus came, you know there were true Pharisees and scribes that truly followed Jesus Christ. There were. You know what's funny? He didn't call them. Just come start His church. He's, you know who He called? Twelve scallywags. That's what he called. Twelve fishermen. Matthew was a tax collector. Truly an outcast of his own people. I'm amazed at the power. I'm amazed at the grace of God. You know, when it comes to biblically speaking, I, I think I can say this. Bear with me for a minute. Biblically speaking, I think I can say uh, I'm more legitimately called than anybody in here in this place to preach. Why? Because God uses foolish things of this world to dumbfound the wise. Because power is perfected in weakness. I don't know any more foolish, weaker thing than me in this place. I can honestly say that. Praise the Lord. He can speak through a donkey. He can speak through a Branson this morning. Amen? God is so powerful. He is so good. You know, and really seeking His face this morning as a preacher, to be honest with you, sometimes it's nice to have a note or know a little bit of where you're going to go when you preach. I can honestly say this. I have been seeking the face of God. God does not bless laziness. I'm here to tell you this morning, I have sought the face of God and God has given me pretty much one verse. I said, Lord, how about some notes? Lord, how about the whole thing? 
Lord said, uh uh-uh. My grace is sufficient for you, Branson. Power is perfected in weakness. And sure enough, praise God. You know, He didn't even need me to preach this morning. We could fill the altar just with the songs. Amen. God is so good. He's already moved in this place. He's moving in this place. These altars are open the entire service. Turn with me to Matthew. I've got one verse. Well, maybe a couple. Matthew chapter 3. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 1, God's Word says, In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In those days, key, we're going to come back to that. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Friends, I tell you this morning, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In these dark, stormy days that we're living in, in the days of trial, in the days of darkness, in these days where men's hearts seem to grow cold and faint and fearful, in the midst of the days of anxiety and fear, where everybody's doing all that they can, to find out why they're afraid, to go to their doctor to give them drugs, uh, to give them this. You know what those drugs are to do, aren't they? They're to take your mind off of reality. They're to take your mind to escape what's really happening. We live in days where people are fearful. And it seems to be, where is the power of God? Where is our God? I tell you this morning, He's the same. He has not changed. He's on His throne where He's always been. He's unchangeable. He's unstoppable. He's immovable. John the Baptist in those days came preaching. He came what? Preaching. The next chapter, chapter 4, verse 17, the Bible says Jesus came preaching. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I want to say this first. They came preaching. You know, a lot of times people say, well, I don't want to preach at you. I can't say that this morning. I am going to preach at you. Because I'm a preacher, and that's what God has called me to do. Preaching is to give God's Word, to give the truth. Can I tell you, church of the living God, we need people to stand and give the truth now more than ever. We have all as Christians been called, go you. Go you. Jesus said to His disciples, go you into all the world and what? Teach? Tell them? Testify, go you into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We all have a responsibility to be preaching, to giving the truth of God's Word. Yes, I understand we are all part of the body of Christ. I understand we all have a role and a part. And this morning, the office behind this desk is my job called to preach to you. But as the living Word of God, born again Christian, Jesus' command to you is this. My word is to preach to you, to the church. Your job seemingly is probably greater. Your job is to go out into the world and preach the truth. To preach the gospel. Today I see Christians afraid. Afraid to stand on God's word. Afraid to tell the truth. We've got so much teaching these days. There's a, I'm thinking right now of a Christian radio station. And I've got no problem with it. I listen to it all the time. 
I can tell you, when you sit and think about it, every single one of the men, they're all teaching pastors. Teaching, 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 teaching. Doctrine, doctrine, doctrine. Theology, theology. There's nothing wrong with those things. We are the body of Christ. We are to be disciples. We are to know God's Word. We are to study to show thyself approved. And there's nothing wrong with teaching. God has called teaching. Amen, Brother Bob Hilliard. He's not here this morning. Jamie, give him an amen. Amen. God has called teachers. Amen. I'm telling you one thing we are sure on today is the preaching Word of God. Preaching and giving, standing on the truth. And you know what the very first thing? One of the greatest preachers in all of Scripture. And then the next chapter, the greatest preacher, the preacher of all preachers, Jesus, said the exact same thing. His first word to the public was the first word we hear from John the Baptist. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I want you to notice it said, in those days. You know, people say, the things are dark. They're the worst they've ever been. If you're here on Wednesday night, we know, praise God, we still have the joy of the Lord. Amen? The joy of the Lord's our strength. In the midst of darkness, in the midst of these days, we can have the peace of Jesus Christ that passes all understanding. In the midst of these days, as Christians, we can shine the light into the darkness. Amen? We can cast our anxiety on Him. But He says He came preaching in those days. How much more now? If it was in those days, you know, He said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Can I say this? Today we're afraid to stand and tell the, tr- tell the truth. We're afraid to give the gospel the way that God's word calls us to. We're afraid to stand on it. We're afraid to say repent. We don't even say that word anymore. You need to repent. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You know, a lot of gospels are out there today. There's a seeker-friendly movement. There's these movements that go out and they say, just come on and rock on with us. Come rock with us on Sunday morning. Yeah. Let's look like the world. Let's act like the world. Let's talk like the world. And by the way, you need Jesus. And He wants to fix you up. Can I tell you something? That's a gospel of Satan. And it is not true. I tell you this this morning. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That is our gospel. Our gospel is Jesus Christ. Our gospel is you must be saved. You must be born again. And it has been placed on our shoulders. Church, Jesus said, you are the light of the world. It has been placed on us to be spreading God's Word in truth and in love. Today it seems like we've got all or one. Can I say this? All truth and no love is not really truth at all. And all love and not truth isn't really love at all. You need to know this this morning. Jesus says this in John, excuse me, in Matthew chapter 10, verse 34. Matthew 10, verse 34, Jesus says this. Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. He goes on to say, I'm paraphrasing, Father will be against son, daughter against mother. What's Jesus saying? That doesn't sound like love, Branson. You know, it's a lot of people what they're saying to us today, isn't it? We're afraid to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We're afraid to give the truth of God's Word because it doesn't sound like love anymore. 
You know what it is to repent? The word repent means to turn around and go the other way. That's what the word repent means. Is to turn around and go the other way. You know, there's probably a lot of people, I want to say this, who think that I'm probably very narrow-minded. Can I say this this morning? I am very, very narrow-minded. One way. One Lord. Jesus Christ. Name above all names. There is no other way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by Me. That's what Jesus said. There's one way. There's one Lord. There's one faith. Some of you may be questioning, then why is all this? Uh, what about this denomination and this? Can I say this? In Scripture, there's one Lord. There's one faith. There's one Jesus Christ. We're the ones that came up with all the denominations. Not the Lord. You won't find a denomination in Scripture. You won't find it. It's not there. You know, if, you're a born, if you were a born-again Christian, you were a part of the church. Did you know there's actually only one church? All of us, of all believers, all over the world, we are the church of the living God. You know what we've done? We, and the funny thing is, many of us stand on the same, the exact same doctrine. Baptist, Pentecostal, Free Will Baptist, Christian churches, non-denomination churches. I'm sure there's somebody would say, you say, well, why, who says this right now? Can I say this? All those churches I all just named, they all believe this, that Jesus is the Christ. That you pray to no other name but Jesus Christ. That He was, uh, that he was raised on the third day. That He was born of a virgin. Can I tell you, there's going to be some things that are secondary. That's not secondary. Hey, I'd rather be divided by truth than united by error. I'm not saying, hey, we don't pray to any other name but Jesus Christ. Amen? Hey, I, I'd rather be divided by truth than united by error. You say there's another way you can pray to Muhammad and Buddha. I can't stand with you on that. I'm not going to hate you. I'm not going to be against you. But listen, the Bible says that Satan is the father of all lies. He's come to confuse, to steal, kill, and to destroy. There's only one way. I want to say this. Secondary issues that have put up the... Uh, and if you belong to a denomination, if you go... I'm not saying that's sin, and I'm not saying that's wrong. Don't misunderstand me. If you, um, if you know what you stand on, that's a secondary issue. You know, hey, I believe in this gift. I don't believe in this gift. I believe we ought to sit up. I believe we ought to stand. I believe we ought to pass offer and to the left. I believe we ought to pass to the right. I believe we ought to do this. I believe, hey, listen. If you stand on what you believe, praise the Lord. Stand on it. According to John chapter 17, when Jesus prayed, do not be willing. Listen, if you're willing to divide with other brethren, if you're willing to divide with other Christians over secondary issues, I want to tell you this, that is not biblical, that's not love, and that's not of God's Word. I'm paraphrasing. In John chapter 17, Jesus says this, the world will know that you have love for me. They'll know that. They'll know John 3.16 is true. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. They will see that truth. They will see that love. Jesus says they'll see and know that when they see our unity. Did you know that? They need to see unity from us. Hey, this morning, I'm not, I, hey, I promise you, I'm not about cutting anybody down this morning. I want to be unified with my brethren. I don't care what church you go to. If you believe in Jesus Christ and you've been born and bought by the precious blood of the Lamb who was slain, you are my brother and sister in Christ, and I am for you. Amen? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. People today, they say this is not love. Can I tell you this? This is our gospel to give. God's Word. That we're trusting in so many other things today. We've got to have the music just right. We've got to have the lights. We've got to have this and that. Listen, give them the gospel. 
In John chapter 1, he says, the beginning, the Word was with God. The Word was God. We've got to trust that God's ways are the same. That He has not changed. The old weapons still work. Still give them God's Word. People today, they say it's not love. If Chris was running down this aisle, we're in a fight, we're in a war, and someone, I could see a sniper, stand up to shoot Chris. And we're in a fight and a battle, and I kicked his leg and tripped him. Hurt his knee, fell on his face. You know, initially he's probably thinking, what uh, what a jerk. That's not love. Uh, Can I say this? That's the gospel of the world today. Uh, Here's what they're trying to explain to us. How is that love? I mean, how can tripping somebody be love at all? I mean, he got hurt. Explain to me this love of your gospel. That's because they don't understand love. I once was blind, but now I see. What would you think Chris's response would be? See, when he got upset, why, why was he upset in the first place? Because he did, what did he not understand? That he was going to die and that he was in danger. He didn't understand that. I guarantee you. What do you think someone's response would be? If they got up, let's say I took out the sniper, we're in war, I take him out. What do you think his response would be after he found out the truth? Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. This is our message. We have got to be spreading it in love and in truth. I'm telling you, the world today, they say that if we, we're afraid to stand and spread the truth. We're afraid to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Turn around from your wicked ways. You must turn and go the other way. So often, though, there are so many people today, so many, that believe that they're saved and they're not saved at all. I have no problem saying that. You may say that's judgmental. I say it's biblical. A tree, Jesus says in Matthew chapter 12, a tree is known by its fruit. And listen, nobody's going to stand before me at the judgment seat. The, the wheat grow amongst the tares. I'm not going to see you know. But I want to say this. You can know if you're saved. Today, the world has gone after, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, a garbage gospel. That's what it is. They believe they can just say a prayer. You know, Satan quoted in one scripture too. Anybody can quote one verse. Call upon the name of the Lord and you will be saved. Anybody can quote one verse. You know what Jesus did to Satan when Satan quoted Scripture? He responded with Scripture. That's what he did. You know, anybody can take and run with one Scripture and run with one word the rest of your life. I did that. Praise God, he sought me out and opened the eyes of this blind man because I believed I was going to die and go to heaven. And in Matthew chapter 7, the Bible says, Lord, Lord, did I not prophesy in your name? I'm paraphrasing now. Lord, Lord, did we not do this? Lord, Lord, didn't I say a prayer? Lord, Lord, didn't I go to church? Lord, Lord, didn't I do this? And Jesus will say to them clearly and plainly, depart from me, I never knew you. I never knew you. Never. I I didn't know you and then they lost you. Jesus says, depart from me, I never knew you. You who practice lawlessness. What do you practice? People who used to challenge my salvation before I was lost, I would say, well, who are you? Are you perfect? Do you sin? I mean, who are you? You're Jesus Christ coming to judge me. I mean, we all sin. We all make mistakes. I have faith. I believe in God. Can I tell you this? You can have faith and believe in the truth and still die and go to hell. The Bible says in James chapter 2, the demons also believe. So if you believe in the truth, then you've just graduated up to the level with the demons. 
Hey, Satan himself has seen Jesus face to face. I have not. But I know my, I know my Redeemer lives. I know He's alive. I know He's real. He saved me. He changed me. We have got to be spreading this truth. The truth is, from according to God's Word, most people who say they're saved are not saved. I want to ask you this this morning. Can you tell me, listen, I don't want to ask you when you had a... Uh, make it plain and simple. Is there a time in your life, honestly, and listen, what if this is the last service that we ever have? This could be it. Praise the Lord. He's with us this morning. Amen. If you were to stand before Jesus Christ at the judgment throne tonight, can you say this? There was a time in my life where the old man died. I was born of spirit and I've never been the same since. Old thing passed away. Behold, all things become new. Remember that key word I said? Practice. Those who practice lawlessness. See, before I practiced a sinful life, I knew it was sin to drink and get drunk. I knew it was sin to do this. I knew it was sin to live this lifestyle. I knew it was sin to do this. And I willfully walked and willfully practiced a sinful lifestyle. Can a Christian mess up and make a mistake? Yes, they can. The Bible says in the book of 1 John, I'm paraphrasing, if you're a born-again Christian, those who love God, they cannot continue to walk in sin. They cannot continue to practice sin. Why? It just cannot happen. Why? Because those who have been saved, the old person has died, old things are passed away, behold, all things become new. They are born of spirit, born again. Can you make a mistake? Yes. But a born again Christian who has been saved, who, who has died, the old person has died, who has been born of spirit because of their love for God, because of the change in their life, they cannot willfully, they cannot continually practice sin. We have many people today all over, it's crazy, they believe in a prayer. They believe in... You know, it's funny how many people today argue with God's Word. They, they want to argue with me about God's Word and haven't even read the whole thing. I, 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 I don't mean this. I'm not special, righteous, and holy. But I've read this thing. I read it all the time. I've studied it. I, there's more to it. It is a relationship with Jesus Christ. You must be saved. You can't tell me that you're saved. You can't tell me you love God and you're willfully practicing a sinful lifestyle. No, you don't love God. Jesus says, rightly did I, Isaiah, prophesy. This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. This is America today. This people honors Jesus Christ. They honor Him with their lips, but their hearts are far from Him. We have a responsibility to be preaching and shining it and living it in truth and love. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus never come said, Jesus never said, come and pray at an altar. Jesus never said that. He said, repent. He said, turn and follow me. If you have not repented of your sins this morning, if you have not turned and followed him, I tell you this morning, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus Christ loves you with a perfect love. We are wicked people. We think today, I always hear, well, God is love, then why does He send people to hell? He doesn't. He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die. Then you don't have to go to hell. If you go to hell, it's because you rejected Him and you said, I will not serve you, Lord. I will go my own way. That's the people who go to hell. Jesus does not want anybody to go to hell. He died that none should perish. He loves you this morning. 
You know, often, often here too, how is God love? How is God love if people still go to hell? Let me ask you this. You have to first understand who and what we are. We are we. Me, you, us. We are wicked people. You say, well, I've done this and I've done that. Branson, I never drank and did those things. I've got a good job. I'm married. I'm faithful to my wife. I've never done all these things. You may still die and go to hell if you haven't been born again. You know, people say, how could that be love? You know what we do is we start to take the scales. I know, you know, it's like we know the truth, we hear it, we hear it, but we still use the scales. Branson, I never did all those things you did. I never did all that. I'm doing pretty good. I go to church all the time. You know, if there was a murderer who came in here this morning, and he said, you know, I want to go with you guys to Haiti. I'm going to come to church all the time. I'm going to do all this. And he's, would you say if that murderer, if he stood before a righteous judge, if that murderer said, listen, I know that I killed these people, but I went to Haiti and I went to church and I did all this for years and years, like 10 years straight afterward. Would you believe it's a righteous judge if he just let him go? I don't know about you. That doesn't sound like a righteous judge to me. I want to say this. We have a righteous judge and you will stand before the throne room. You will. It is appointed unto man once to die. Then the judgment. You will stand before the throne room. You're not going to be able to stand there with your friends, your family, with your pastor, with your mom, your dad. You will stand there alone. And we have to understand this. We are the wicked murderers. Can I tell you this? We are. We're guilty of murder. My sin, my sin helped crucify Jesus Christ on that cross. We don't, we're born with the curse of sin. We're born with it. Think about it. I don't have to teach my son, Braylon. I don't have to teach him to slap kids in the face. I don't have to teach him to throw a fit. I'm not going to have to teach him to steal. I won't have to teach him to lie. I won't even have to teach him to hate. He'll do all those things naturally. And I pray for my son and I love him. That is the state of every one of us. But praise the Lord, God loves us. His name shall be called Jesus. And He will save His people from their sins. Jesus loves us. I used to always think, man, God, I can't give it all to Christ. What a ball and chain. Who wants to go to church? What if I want to get drunk sometimes? What if I want to do this? What if I want to do that? I always thought it would be a ball and chain to give it all. And the day I got saved, I realized I stood up. The ball and chain came off of me. I was finally set free. Finally. Jesus Christ changed my life. Church of the living God, be spread in the truth. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I want to say this. I read that verse already where Jesus said, I did not come to bring peace but a sword. Jesus is not saying that we're out trying to find an argument. Jesus is not trying to, trying to say we're out trying to find the enemy. He's not, we're trying to make enemies. Here's what Jesus is saying. When you shine the light and you spread the love and you stand in God's truth and you do things His will and His way, I promise you this, you will bear fruit. Born again Christian, Jesus says, John chapter 15, My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit. God is glorified when you bear fruit. God is glorified. How many of you want to see your friends and your family saved and see the Spirit of God move and know that they're going to die and we're going to go to heaven together forever? That's what Jesus wants. And when we'll stand in His truth, when we'll abide in Him and do things His will and His way, I tell you this, I promise you this, on the authority of God's Word, He is glorified that we bear much fruit. But listen, church, a warning. When you do it God's way, people will hate you. They're going to hate you. 
They're going to cut you up and down. They're going to say you're not loving. They're going to say you're not kind. We can't fall back into the world's way and try and, oh, maybe I'll reach the world by doing it their way. Friends, the old ways still work. He has not changed. We must still stand on the truths of Scripture and do things God's way. I know they say it's not love, but I once was blind too. Someone's running to the fire and I know the way out. We have to do whatever it takes to stop them. What the world says is love is as they pass by, run into the flames. I don't judge you. Keep going. I don't judge you. Here's a snicker bar. Love you. Jesus loves you. Keep going. That's not love. That is not love. That's what the world says is love. It's not love. That's Satan's gospel. We must be spreading the truth of Jesus Christ's gospel. We must have a sense of urgency about us. We don't know when our last day is. We don't know when our last times are. Know this, if they hated Jesus, if they hated and murdered Jesus, who was completely sinless, if they hated and killed His disciples, what in the world do you think that they're going to do to you when you obey it and do it Jesus' way? When you're trying to get out of the way, die unto self, live life by the Spirit, and allow Jesus Christ to shine in you, to use you, what do you think they're going to do to you? They murdered Him. They put an innocent man on the cross. They're going to hate us. Sometimes I'm saying all this because it's like today, it's like, man, how can that be love? There's so much of this. How can that be love if there's so much, uh, you know, if there's so much war? How can there be love if so much um, uh, drama, if so much hate surrounds you? How come all these people wouldn't like you? Because I'll tell you why. Because the light shines in the darkness. The darkness deeds are exposed. Darkness hates the light. I want to say this. I am so glad the day that Jesus Christ stopped me out. I was so deceived by the lies of a bunch of religious fakes. I was so deceived by the lies of a bunch of religious church people. You know, one thing, that's probably one of the main things, one of the main things that we all hear. I'm not going. These people are a bunch of religious fakes. Oh, this happened to me. This happened to me. This happened to me. Here's what John said. Same chapter, John chapter, excuse me, Matthew chapter 3, verse 5. Then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region around the Jordan went out to him, to John the Baptist, and were baptized by him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. Hey, that's, hey, you want to know when God's moving? You want to know when people are getting real? You want to know when a changed life happens? You'll see confession of sins. That is the main thing we need to repent because we are, we are born into sin. We need to confess our sins. Praise the Lord. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. He cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Listen, but when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming, the Sadducees were sad, you see. Just thought I'd throw it in there. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance. Hey, John the Baptist, could you just preach in love? Hey, Jesus, could you just preach in love? This is love. Love is the truth that I love you so much. I'm willing to tell you, you need to be saved this morning. You need to be born again. You must be born of Spirit. What did John say to these? You brood of vipers! You know who had Jesus crucified on the cross? Judas Iscariot, it says in Luke, it recorded in the Gospel, when he went out, Satan indwelled his body, and then Judas Iscariot was Satan indwelling inside of him. Satan makes a deal with the Pharisees. 
You brood of vipers! There's a bunch of religious fakes today. A bunch of them. Can I say this? There was then too. Okay? If you're in here this morning and you're not serving Jesus Christ because you're saying those religious fakes did this and that, uh, this and that, I want, you to, I, want, I want you to know, someday when you stand before the judgment throne of God, you're not going to be able to stand before Jesus and say, Jesus, I know you love me, but I rejected you because those fakes over there. You're not going to be able to do that. It's not an excuse. There's a bunch of religious fakes in Jesus' time too. Listen, they're all over the place today. They're everywhere. It's all over. Don't get your eyes focused and fixed on religious people. Don't fix your eyes on me. I'll fail. I'll mess up. I'll let you down. Look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Look unto Jesus. He loves you. He died for you this morning. Look unto Jesus. I heard this in a, I believe, a Casting Crown song. So much today. It's about my denomination. Here's my translation of the Gospel. My way, my way. He says in the song, I wonder if we're strapping ourselves to the Gospel. Maybe that's the problem. Why don't we just go ahead and get out of the way and give Him God's Word and give Him Jesus Christ. Repent, for the Kingdom of Heaven is at hand. This morning, as our worship team comes, I didn't plan on preaching that long. Church, we have experienced God in this place today. Amen? How many of you have lost friends and family that you'd love to experience what we experienced this morning? I don't know about you, I've got friends and family that are, if if Jesus Christ comes back in ten minutes, they're going to die and go to a devil's hell forever. I don't know about you, but sometimes, you know what the enemy wants to do? The enemy wants to prolong us. I mean, when's the last time you cried over your lost friends and family that are going to die and burn in hell? When's the last time you shed a tear about it? Because the enemy wants to mask over and put the lie on that take away. You know, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Where's our urgency? Where's our burden? Do you care? Do you care? My Father is glorified. Jesus says, My Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. I said this Wednesday night. We say, Come to church. Fight the fight. Read your Bible. Pray. Fast. All these things we hear us preach and say all the time of God's Word. And it sounds like, Man, of course it does. The Bible says, as born-again Christians, there's a thing called the battle between the flesh and the spirit. It is so easy to go watch a movie for three hours. When's the last time you prayed for three hours? Why? Why does it seem so difficult and not fun? Why? Because our flesh tells us it's not fun. Why does it seem so hard to fast? Because our flesh tells us we don't want to fast. Why does it seem hard to get up and pray and see God's face in His Word? Because our flesh tells us. God says, come away with me, my child. Come and pray. Come spend time with me. Wake up early. Seek my face. Fast. Read the Word of God. But what's the lie? The lie of the flesh. Man, if I get up, Lord, my whole day is going to be ruined. Lord, don't you know? God's not trying to chain us up with religion. God's not trying to slow us down. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Jesus says in John chapter 15, these things I have spoken, I'm not word for word, I'm close. Jesus says in John chapter 15, 
these things I have said, that my joy may be in you and your joy may be made full. The lie is, God, if I do it your way, I'm not going to be happy and full of joy. That is a lie of the flesh. It is a lie of darkness. Because the enemy knows the boldness. The enemy knows the confidence. The enemy knows that the shed blood of Jesus Christ has gone before us. The enemy knows we're covered with the blood of the Lamb who was slain. The enemy knows that we can enter into His throne room. The enemy knows we can cry out to God. The enemy knows that we've got promises. The enemy knows we can take hold of them. The enemy knows we can see God move. The enemy knows we can see our, answer, our prayers answered. The enemy knows we can see those saved. The enemy knows that we can be revived. The enemy knows that we can be set on fire for Jesus. Jesus Christ, the enemy knows that we're warriors. The enemy knows that if God is for us, then who can come against us? The enemy knows no temptation has overtaken you. The enemy knows greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. The enemy knows the victory has been won. The enemy knows he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. We have the promises. We have the truth. We have the victory. And yet, we don't grasp onto it. Why? Because we're really comfortable on our couches. Because we can have a good time on the weekend. It's a lie from the devil. It's a lie. It's a lie to not get us to grasp onto who we are. To grasp onto the power that's been given to us. Jesus Christ died on that cross for a reason. He died up there. Why? That we may be saved from our sins. Why are we still here? Because we are the light of the world. We are God's body. And He longs to use us as vessels. And we're not being used because many of us as born-again Christians live and walk according to the flesh because it's easier. And while we're sitting comfortable and easy, our lost friends are going to die and they're going to go to hell forever. Believe God this morning. Believe Him. He wants you to be full of joy. We're His children. The lie of the flesh is don't do it God's way. You won't be happy. Don't give your life to Christ. You won't be happy. Don't, don't, listen to the, don't listen to your mom and dad. Don't listen to these people ahead of you. Don't listen to your pastor and your teacher kids. Don't, don't, you don't have to do this. If I wake up, my day's going to be ruined. If I fast, how am I going to do this? Guys, we've got to trust Jesus Christ and come to Him by faith, just like you did when you got saved. Some of us as Christians in here are playing games. We're flat out playing games. Jesus Christ died not that you be saved and sit down on your salvation. That's selfish. That's not love. We have a responsibility. And guess what? When we do it God's will and God's way, yes, we're in a fight. Yes, we're in a battle. And so is Nehemiah. When they're fighting, what did he say? Do not sorrow. The joy of the Lord is your strength. These things I've said, these things I've spoken, that your joy may be made full. Abide in Him. How do we abide in Him? By keeping His commandments. We have got to learn as the church of the living God to live and walk in the spirit realm. Our joy will be made full. Not only that, we love Him. Why do we love Him? Because He first loved us. Everyone in here, stand to your feet. This morning, I want to say this. Everyone, everyone, uh, bow your head, close your eyes. If you need to be saved in this place, when I said repent for the kingdom of heaven, is ahead. if you need to be saved this morning, I tell you, do not wait. Jesus Christ may have brought you to the pew where you're sitting today for a reason. If you do not know, you have been born again. 
if you do not know, if you cannot say, the old person died and I've been born of spirit. In your heart, you may have me fooled. You may have everybody else fooled, but you do not have God fooled. If you need to be saved, He loves you and He brought you here this morning to tell you, I love you. I died to save you. Not to chain you up in religion. Not to chain you up with church. I came and I died to set you free. If you need to be saved this morning, step out of your pew and come up here. You never know when the time is. We never know how much more time we have. Church of the living God. Everyone can look up here at me. Church of the living God. If God has spoken to you in any way, shape, or form, this service is not over yet. So you thought you had to keep this up. All the work that you do, so we think that you're good, and we can't believe it's not enough. All the walls you build up are just glass on.